Shut up and sit down. All these dialed guys are super strong. Beef mountains. What's kicking, little chicken? You are listening to the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Tip of the day from a quote by Abraham Lincoln. Give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. It's never too soon for some good old-fashioned preparation. Welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Fondering, and I'm here with Lance Hepler. Hello, it's Lance, and I race bikes. So welcome to our little show. Hi, Lance. I, did I throw you for a loop there? <laughs> no, not at all. You're basically the only one at the table that actually race bike right now. Today, I don't know so. if Justin. No, I don't think Justin did. But uh, we'll go through that in we'll just a moment. There. To his right, Mr. Evan Price. <laughs> we are all drinking the same thing. So the only people that I even want to hear from for this is Justin and Matt. What are you two drinking over there? Okay, I I, I went down to the fridge. Oh, I was gonna say I went down to the fridge and I grabbed uh, what I thought was like a spindrift in a green. You know, this is a green. It's a sparkling water drink with real squeezed fruit. However, uh, my wife has bought this like identical Kirkland IPA. Uh, which... <laughs> Whoa! Kirk, wait, Kirk, wait a minute. Kirkland makes an IPA. It's eleven Kirkland o'clock in the morning, IPA. Matt. <laughs> and it's like. It was it was very confusing, uh, and it I can't it's some sort of like fresh squeezed IPA. So it was like very tricky for me to pick out the correct drink today. Uh, I think I've I think I've got it here. So yeah, spin sparkling water. The IPA is gonna have to wait until you know at least another twenty three. or thirty minutes into the show. Yeah, yeah exactly. Say, yeah, yeah, three three or four p.m. <laughs> <laughs> that voice, you know him, you love him, Mr. Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys are looking fantastic. Nice. Um, we've got a special guest with us, our good old friend, Mr. Justin Wagner. Team ODZ's Justin Wagner is back on the Dial Podcast. Hey, Justin, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Glad to be here, guys. And uh, I'll answer Evan's question. Good, yeah, because that's really the only uh, – I don't know why some, Matt answered. <laughs> some Gryffindor holy water. So this is, you know – um, what even is what, that? Yeah. Is what that is that? that? <laughs> not not sponsored. This is not sponsored, by the way. So, um, oh if, nice. If you know Harry Potter, you're looking to to get in on this action. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> Wife I... wanted to buy a bunch of different colored water bottles of different themes for the family, and so I got different uh, Harry Potter ones, and so that's my water bottle. I like it. I like it, it a lot. Very cool. Let's get into some backpedaling so we can keep this thing tight. Got to stay tight today, guys. You think it's going to stay tight? I'm going, I'm going less than 60 <laughs> seconds, I bet. Okay. Let's see if me and Jake together can be under two minutes. All right, Evan, on your mark. Good set, go. Okay, I made two centimeter adjustments to my TT fit. I then, Ooh. on Saturday, went out to a very exotic Vancouver Lake loop. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It was very nice. Yes. Um, it was kind of chilly, but not too chilly. Nice. Then for <laughs> 75 minutes, I sat... 
in the arrow position <laughs> as tucked as possible at 26 miles an hour. And then when I got done, I thought, wow, that was really boring. And then I got off and ran on a route that I have done many, many times at 545 pace. Once again, very, very boring. Wow. Got back home, little tired, ate a lot of food. Monday, track workout. It's getting fun. Younger kids are coming. They're fast. Me and Josh are old. But five by one mile is a terrible workout, Matt, as we both know. I hate that workout on tired legs. It's a really good strength builder, though. Boom. There you go. There's but my week. four weeks to the your first big race. Four weeks to yeah. Galveston. And I will tell you what, this is the most excited I probably will ever be for a race in my entire life. It has been a long time. It's been a long time. long time since I put on a timing chip. <laughs> it is. I still love it. Five refers by to one mile, were you like five, five, <laughs> five fifteen? Uh, the average for the work, I was like 5.08, 5.10. I went like a Good five flat enough. mile in the middle, and I was like, no, I just need to slow down. It, it, I wanted to feel not awful, so it felt all un- under control. How old do you really want to be right Ooh, now? like 45. I would be really, really? happy at 45. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't like to admit to the fact he still hasn't even turned 30 yet. He's I am 29. not actually 30, 30 yet. I know. Yet. I've been consistently lying about my age. I'm still not actually 30. <laughs> <laughs> he's like right I'm in his prime, his wheelhouse, and he's like, I want to be an old man so bad. <laughs> oh. um, I'll save my backpedal for a moment here. I'm going to let Justin go first. So my backpedal, I mean, since the last time I was on the show or the last week, we always run into this problem, but oh, we'll, go, we'll go quick. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, we might be here for four hours if I go for this last there you go. show. But, uh, uh, no, so you can probably hear I've got a little bit of a, a head cold going on. Um, that's not so awesome, but uh, he put that I'm, face mask back. Lance on. thought I was Lance <laughs> thought I was more manly. That's what he thought was going on. So. Yeah, here you go. So nice so for those watching on YouTube. You I can know. see Justin's lovely ODZ uh, yes. face mask there. <laughs> Yes, I uh, uh, I know it's not COVID. I did check that out on Friday when I woke up with a sore throat, so that's we're in the clear there. But uh, yeah, we just got done with the ODZ camp. I'll give a tr- that's just I won't get into too many details because I think we'll talk about that later. Absolutely, yes. yes. Yep. But uh, a lot of a lot of training going on, riding, um, living the dream with five kids. So. Excellent. I forgot you have five kids, Justin. I knew I knew you had kids plural. I didn't know it was five. Got another one on the way yet, Justin? No. That's <laughs> negative. No, no, no. Negative. Negative. No, we are done. We are done. There you go. It's tapped out at five. Good deal. Hey Matt, backpedal. I can be quick. Um I did I think, you know, like ten activities, about ten hours worth of training, a lot of swimming, biking, and running. I've been using the mountain bike at cross country practice with the high school kids. It's been fun. Yeah. So I watched a video quick. that you launched That's... this morning. And I could swear I oh, saw yeah. you riding a mountain bike in that video. Yeah, I did. I snuck That's it in the so video. You can stay up with their running speed, right? So <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah. why you're riding the mountain bike. I can't. Yeah, I can't keep up with them even on the mountain bike. With but you know, uh, the mountain bike is just fun to tool around on, and um, you know, because you can just kind of go wherever. I'm actually like going around campus trying to look for different ways to set up cross-country races for the kids uh, because we're doing a lot of dual meets and we have to do stuff on campus. We can't go to a specific park or use a golf course or anything like that. We have to stay on school campus. Cool. My backpedal, before we get into the big enchilada over here, um, rode on Swift with the team. That was fun. Hit a dog on my gravel bike. That wasn't fun. That was quite a story. Oh my yeah. gosh. Uh, got vertigo and puked a bunch of times. Um 
didn't get to do the team ride on Saturday because of said vertigo and just logged more Swift rides and have now come up with 201 consecutive days of riding. 201. Yep. That's through like two bouts of vertigo too, right? During uh, that 200? There's two, maybe a couple of the little maybe smaller a sprinkling, episodes. Like a three and a half yeah, maybe total. Two yeah. and a half or something like that, yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's good. more impressive than making it through the pandemic is just making it through three <laughs> and a half episodes of Vertigo. <laughs> yeah. Again, moral of the story, don't get hit by cars, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be clear. The dog was okay. We assume the dog was okay. We were yeah. on a night gravel ride uh, with yeah. the team, and uh, there were a couple of dogs running around off-leash that um, just cowered in the face of Jake Von During like the rest of us do. <laughs> and well, Jake... Hit it. If I was on all fours and he hit me with a bike, I don't think I'd like that very much either. <laughs> it ran away and got back to its owner, and we uh, we looked. It looked. I think is the dog was fine, but it was yeah, uh, a scary was moment. Definitely for, a scary yeah. moment. I was just happy to not go down in that moment. Yes, that was. I'm amazed nobody went down. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Well, Jake yeah. hit it. It hopped up. I missed it by centimeters. I yeah. think Terry Hamness missed it just by centimeters. Missed it as well. yeah, yeah. So poor dog. I would have gone down for sure. Still a fun cool. ride though. Yeah. And guess what? I think we might have another one up our sleeves for this week Ooh. because the weather's looking like it's going to cooperate. Yeah, those are fun. And one more thing. There's, what, six days, five days left until we change the clocks this coming mm-hmm. Saturday oh. night or Sunday morning? Is this next yes. Sunday. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yep. It's one of my favorite <laughs> days of the year. So. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right, Jake out. Lance, go. So uh, let me let, let me show a few things first. Yes, I did do the Shasta Gravel Hugger um, big gravel race this uh, last weekend. Check this out. Uh-oh, oh, for God, those of you some, looking. Oh, some oh, champion's oh, jersey oh. or something. It's disrobing. Look at this. Can you see? He has no They're pants gra- on, but. They borrowed some of our digi camo, too, and our orange. <laughs> is that like a leader's jersey thing, this or they is, just give that out to the winner? Uh, this is the winner's jersey. So they gave out a Castelli jersey to winners? They gave out a Castelli yeah. winner's jersey. Yeah. And look what else they Let's gave out. the, the leftovers from the jerseys in the 1970s. Look at this. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's a giant. All the, all uh, the back order Castelli jerseys make that. <laughs> they also, uh, the winner also got this giant uh, um, handmade See, that's uh, way cooler than your last trophy. board. I'm racing for charcuterie board. That's a charcuterie board. That is awesome. Are you going to mount that inside the van? I don't know. It's it's pretty thick. It's pretty stinking cool. It's a it's a it's a big cutting board that they custom made that's inlaid with the Shasta gravel hugger logo. You can see it that's the most on our YouTube ca- channel or That's the most Instagram. California winning medal ever. Here's our charcuterie board. <laughs> well, the guys who put it all together were from Ashland, Oregon. Oh, Ashland. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, wait, yeah. So anyway, a bit of a crazy story. Um, I did the 63-mile race. There was a 100-mile race that was won by Peter Stetna. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. he crushed it. Um, There were about 165 that did the 100-mile race, and Mm -hmm. I did the 63-mile race, and there were about 165 that did that one as well. The little hug, as they call it. The little hugger. (laughs) And um, I had gone out uh, a couple days before. I drove the whole course so that I could see what the course looked like. There was one section I couldn't drive because it was way too rough. And so I pre-rode that section the day before with uh, a teammate, Garrett Cornelius. That ended up being a extremely good decision on my part. Um, mostly because we went to bed that night at a race morning. We woke up and there was three inches of snow on the ground. It was beautifully sunny, gorgeous day, but it rained like an inch, and then it snowed three inches overnight. That area gets a lot of snow. Yeah, so, it, you know, it was roughly at 2,500 feet of elevation, and yeah. so it's uh, a little What high. town was that out of? 
It was right near Eureka, California, gotcha. but the town okay. was called Montague. I remember which, that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah which is, I drove through that. I was trying to remember all those California it, towns. Well, there. it's, you know, six or seven miles off the freeway. Yeah. It's a tiny little town, but anyway, um, my race had 165 people in it. I was in the 50-plus division, um, not yeah. in the open division. Um, all started at the same time, though. We, at the, the um, no, we were gapped by 40 seconds. The opens, gotcha. the opens okay. started at 40, you know, 40 seconds, and then the 50-plus started 40 seconds later. But within within 12 miles or so, we had caught the the we had, we had the all open guys. yeah we had caught the four open seconds guys. over 60 miles, not too big of a gap. So you know, I'm not that good of a climber, and so I have to pick my spots where I can kind of attack things. And um, there was about an eight mile section that gained roughly 2,500 feet. It was where it was where all the climbing was. And so um, after that, there was a big, long, like, 12-mile descent. And that's where I shine is when the roads get rough and when, when there's lots of descending. Mm-hmm. So we got to the base of the climb, and I kind of sagged climbed it, if you know what that means, which means I, uh, I kind of went off the front at the start of the climb and let them all catch me so I could kind of go at my pace. Yeah. But by the time we got to the top of the climb, the high point of the race, I was within touch, like within a few seconds of the leaders, which is very unlike me. How big was that group? Uh, it had whittled from 165 down to about 10. 10 guys in that final yeah. group. Yeah. Yeah. So we come over that section. It's a big, long downhill. I gapped him by a minute and a half on the downhill. Jeez. So... From that point, one guy caught me, and we worked together for this next, like, 12-mile paved section. But they did catch us, and I expected them to it's catch us. Group, yeah. yeah. They catch us. And so we ended up being about a group of 10 or 12 that was coming into what I thought would be the, the, the crux of the race, what, mm-hmm. you know, where the selection point would be. And it's because we were coming into this Jeep road that I had – ridden the day before and it was difficult and nasty when it was dry but with three inches of snow on it it was a sloppy muddy mess yeah and this was coming into this was a 65 mile race this was coming into mile 40 45 or something like that yeah so three mile section as soon as we hit the sloppy section um i drilled it yeah (laughs) i knew this was my only spot I drilled that three mile section and and I gapped the group I was with by like three minutes. Two you put th- three minutes into them during that section? Yeah, because people oh were my. people were well, walking. Because I can't draft. You gotta walk through it. And, yeah. People were walking. Yeah. If you lost your momentum, it was it you think about a cyclocross my cyclocross experience helped me drastically. Also because I had forties uh millimeter tires on, that helped drastically. Yeah. But I gapped this group by like like three minutes and so i come out of that section um there was one guy who had was up ahead of me that i didn't know and i caught him yeah and so (laughs) with 15 miles to go five of it was pavement 10 of it was on gravel for the remaining part and me and this other guy just traded pulls for like 20 minutes with our heads down trying to keep the group away yeah um i was falling apart at this point (laughs) 
because this I knew what, hour three or four at this point. It was hour was, three. Hour three. It yeah. was. It was. It was actually three hours into it, so it was hour four. Yeah. I, I'm falling apart at this point. The guy that I'm trading pulls with, I he popped me with like five miles to go on, on a little rise. I just could not stay with him any longer. Yeah. And he um, it there was a hard left turn. He he had got me by about ten seconds, and he missed the turn. He oh, did. God. He did not. He was not. He was. He just missed seeing the course direct. You know the directions. Yeah. And so we missed the turn, and I thought, what the heck? Okay, so I take the turn right after that with five miles to go. The group of a group of four guys catches me. Uh huh. And I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna stay with these guys because we've got five miles left to race. Just stay with these guys. Just stay with these guys. Uh, with three miles to go, I got popped again. So I clearly was not the fastest person on the day. Yeah. But I, with three miles to go, I got popped again. They got me by about 10 seconds. I was killing myself to try to stay with them, but I just couldn't. At yeah. Describe point. these guys. I mean, were they younger, smaller, fitter? There was, there was, was one he? guy who was in my age division, which I didn't realize it was. His name's Dave Shogren. He's from Bend. He uh, Sounds we, familiar. We've yeah. actually raced together in cyclocross quite a bit. Okay. I didn't realize that. All the other guys were all younger categories. Gotcha. They were all younger, fit guys, guys who have whipped me in other gravel races. Okay, take so, us to the finish. So, yeah, sorry. I'm getting long-winded. No, I'm, I, I like this. Go. <laughs> so, with three miles to go, they got me by 10 seconds. Yeah. And there there was a Y in the road where the course director, the course direction marking had blown over. Uh-huh. Oh, jeez. So, they all missed the turn. They all went left on a Y, and I was following my Garmin, which yeah. had the course downloaded on it. And I saw, we're supposed to go right, not left. So they all go left, and I thought, what the heck? At that point, that's your only play. You're like, I'm going right either so way. So <laughs> I go right, and um, yeah, they they all lost like two minutes by going the wrong way, and yeah. that was enough. I uh, won the race. Hey, to win to win a gravel race, you also need to be able to tell directions. So this is a <laughs> way to go, Lance. Yeah, dude, it was uh, it, it it was humbling. I I feel like. I mean, I didn't really deserve it because I wasn't the fastest guy out there for sure. But Doesn't matter, you know, man. There's, you know what? Yeah. A part of racing, that kind of a race, is head on a, a swivel, kid. Well, yeah. Head on a <laughs> swivel and being able to yeah. you know, take advantage of technology. Like you've yeah. got, you've got the whole route. Bad on them for not having it loaded, or just not knowing the route. Strongly, yeah. strongly disagree. With two miles left. I'm probably going to make sure I know what that turn is. Maybe. Yeah. No, pre-riding that with nasty all of you section, guys. I knew yeah. how long it was. I knew how diff- I knew where the difficult part was and where it got easier. So yeah. I knew, okay, I need to work super hard for these two miles, and then it's going to get easier. And that yeah. made a difference. Matter of fact, my claim to fame yesterday was I I beat Peter Stetna's time on that nasty section. Oh. Ooh. That's good. That's good. Probably by like five seconds, but I did beat That's him. Okay, I'm sure. Yeah, he, he was probably the only guy who stayed on the bike in his. <laughs> I I averaged about 18 miles an hour for this gravel race, and Stetna averaged 20.5 or something. <laughs> With so like 40 extra miles, and on he time. did 100 <laughs> miles, so it was a whole different ballgame. So real quick, uh, we had a couple teammates down there as well. We had, yes, uh, Mike Ivan, Kim Catherine, and you had Chris Kim Surratt down there. there. Chris, yeah, oh, that's really Kim cool. Catherine went nice. down. Uh, Chris Surratt went, and Gary Cornelius. Oh, Gary Cornelius, too. yeah, so, as yeah. well. Uh, How did they do? Surratt did a fantastic job. He finished in about um, 20th place, I believe, in the 100-mile version. Yeah. 
Um, Andy a- Levine was also there. Oh, Andy showed up. Andy showed up. Excellent. He came and he finished the hundred mile uh, race as well. He okay. did well. Um, Gary Cornelius, he was signed up for the hundred mile race. When he got to the uh, deciding point, he bailed. Okay. <laughs> um, Guy Van did the same thing. Guy too. Van did the same yeah. thing. He had some trouble with his tire choice, choice and whatnot, and so he DNF'd as well. And Kim Catherine, I don't know what happened, but she did not finish the race either. Didn't they finish the 60-mile route, or did they just kind of jump off course and hightail it I home? was not able to talk to Kim afterwards. Gotcha. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, and I'm not sure about Guy Van either. So, yeah, it was rough. There were lots of people that were bailing. So Sounds like a gravel race. It was a gravel race. <laughs> How did that compare to that um, Gorge Gravel Grinder a few years ago? Well, um, that was the day that uh, t- it, it was muddier and nastier. Sure. But for me, it was a three-and-a-half-hour effort, not a seven-hour effort. And so uh, I felt significantly better. And the temps were? It was 40 degrees or something. Okay. For most of the race. Which isn't too bad. No, the like, sun was out. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not bad at all. No, that's it a, just that's was. That's a nice day on the bike. It was just Minus nasty. the mud. <laughs> yeah, it was just nasty. So. Yeah. Well, again, congratulations, dude. That's Thank you. pretty freaking awesome. I'm taking my licks when Ooh. I can take them. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's the uh, backpedal for you this week. I'm Let's taking off the jersey because I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like he planned out his wardrobe today. He knew he was going into something else. <laughs> How about a little bit of this? Champ here. I'm all about having fun. You know, get a couple of cocktails in me. Champ. Start a fire in someone's kitchen. Maybe Champ Bailey is here. Take my pants off. <laughs> Put your pants back on, Champ. It's a family show on YouTube now. I prefer no pants, that's for sure. Okay, uh, some fun stuff happened in the world of bike racing this yes, weekend. Yes, sir. The, uh, the big one that happened, which I didn't get to watch the whole thing because I was racing, but Strade Bianche Have happened. you gotten to see the last 20K yet? I did. I only yeah. watched highlights like four minute highlights. Watch, watch the last 20k in its entirety it's pretty awesome you don't need to watch it all you got to do is check strava for uh, scott troutman's ride posts that, that'll just tell you that's, <laughs> that's, that's all you need whole, to know did, did he give it away right? again early pretty much troutman <laughs> what are you doing see i'm i i know i'm the only person here right now but i just got gcm plus for this year which is awesome i'm not gonna lie i know so i get to just like tune in <laughs> in the last 20k of these races right and now and it. they also do pre-record so i can just fast forward all the way to the last 20k oh, it's nice. actually pretty nice to be so honest what is it like five bucks a month or something like that it's only 25 for the year oh really that was their deal i think now it's back to like five or six bucks a month but wow. i mean that's for for what i could pay like nbc's uh, you know nbc sports yeah. otherwise like that's yeah. a de- 25 bucks for the entire year is a deal so strada bianca is a race in italy it ends up in siena italy which is a historical little town there. It has many, many gravel sections, but it really is a road race, but there's gravel sections yeah. in it. But it's, it's known usually for its white gravel. White too. gravel, mm-hmm. yes. The white yep. gravel roads of Tuscany. Yeah. Um, and uh, believe it or not, there was a selection group that had, guess who? It was a star studded yeah. couple selection. Matthew group Vanderpool, yeah. Wout Van Art, uh, Alaphilippe. Egon Bernal. Egon Bernal, which was strange that he was Very in there. Very strange. Very Bogacha strange. Uh, was there. Bogacha was there. Bogacha as well. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Tim Pitcock uh, was in there. Was yep. in yes, there. Pitcock was there. Quinn, Tom Pitcock, yeah. Quinn, Tom Pitcock. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> I'm going right off the top <laughs> yeah. of my head. Uh, Quinn Simmons was also in there from Trek Secafredo. He so. got dropped, but that was that was awesome. He flatted. Oh, did he flat? Yeah, gotcha. yes. okay. he chased back on. He just didn't have the bolts. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah. And then some random guy, Goggle, 
yeah. some tra- was, was, was he a tra- something like that? Was, I, either some web or track guy. I need, I need to remember. There was somebody in that second group. Where you're like, who is this guy? And is his was, name Goggle. Please I say think it is. was Goggle or so. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> I'm know. butchering his name. <laughs> hey, beer goggle. So anyway, it uh, comes down to the end. There's two final climbs. Um, uh, it, it ended up being uh, Matthew Vanderpool, Alaphilippe, and Egon Bernal. Mm-hmm. Um, they ended up dropping. Um, Wout Van Art with just with not too long to go and um, oh my gosh with like 800 meters to go in the race Wout Van Art put, he put in like an Matthew 11, Vanderpool did Matthew not, not, so, yeah yeah sorry no worries uh, Matthew Vanderpool put in this 1100 watt attack and yeah. just destroyed Alaphilippe and ended up winning by a few seconds. Yeah, so. it was Egon was holding on for dear life. When they hit this last climb, this race has only been around for a few years. It actually not, doesn't have a lot of history to it. But this 15 years. 15, yeah. yeah. And I think it should be a monument here. It should soon. be. This is one of my favorite finishes in the sport, period. Yep. It hits this very steep 18% pitch, goes through this little alleyway, and then flattens out the last 100 meters of this downhill. And that and it goes into the town square of Siena. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah it's, it's such cool. an awesome finish. But yeah, Egon got popped. And I'll tell you what, if you're watching that and I'm a betting person, I'm thinking, wow, this is built for Philippe. That's an 18% pitch, and MVP's a big guy. He did it. It did. Oh, my God. And MVP dropped him like they were on a group ride. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah. So that was pretty crazy. looked like a so, five. That was, one race. was ridiculous. Yep. Justin? Matt, any comments about that? Oh, uh, I need to put. Nope, I, Justin, your I microphone's off there, buddy. Of, How about you, Matt? Oh, I'm able to hear Justin. So I think sure. maybe something's going on. on. Uh oh, hold on. I think he is. Oh, there we go. There we go. Oh, we just yeah, made it all um, of you. Just kidding, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, am I audible now? Yeah, you are. Yep. Sorry about that. My bad. I was I was saying the part I loved was that. Uh, Matteo Vanderpool's pulling into that final 2K or whatever. And like it gets steep and he kind of pulls on the front and it's like, it looks like it's getting tense. Everyone's kind of at their limit. And he looks back and like takes stock of them and then hits the afterburners. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. you guys are at your limit. <laughs> okay. Bye. I'm going to space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, what the. I was, yeah, I was, was talking with, ridiculous. uh, with my buddy as as they're coming into that and we're, we're on the phone and I tell him I was like Egon looks like he's really really hurting right now and as I say that he hits that first little bump before the climb and just Egon goes out the back and then has to like kill himself to get back, to get back on. and then that's when MVP did look back and yeah kind of like took stock Justin and was, he was like all right I think I got this one <laughs> Um, uh, in other racing news, the stage race Perry Nice has started, and mm-hmm. the uh, the big story so far is that uh, stage one was won by Samuel Bennett, who uh, sprinted on the hoods and still beat everybody. That's my boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on the Sam, hoods. man after my own heart. <laughs> Sam Sam likes to win races. I think that's what. So. It's it's a shame that Sam Bennett seems to be coming into elite sprint fitness right. during like 2020, 2021. Like if he never hits this fitness again, it's going to be a real shame because he's definitely, the, in my opinion, the best sprinter in the world right now. Think he'll take green from Sagan again this I year? I think he will, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's he's got to be the odds-on favorite. Yeah. How about you, Matt and uh, Justin? Sure. Yeah, I'd put, I don't know. I'd put Sam up for green, yep. After watching last year's battle, it was pretty obvious that Sam had the upper hand and yeah, Sagan was fighting to try to get an advantage. Strong boy. I'll go out on a limb and say I don't think Peter Sagan is going to win green again at the tour. Yeah, you think so? I I agree, Matt. Yeah, that's, I just mm. like to throw bold things out there, and, and that's, <laughs> I think like he has that. one more in him. I, one more. I think it'll be tough. You think he's got one more in him? I do. 
See, if you're if you're a true optimist and you believe in really believe in things, I think believing Peter Sagan can win a green jersey is the equivalent of believing Chris Froome will win another Grand Tour. It it's just, like equal levels of faith. <laughs> I, I really think it comes down to the race organizers and what kind of yeah. route they build. Because yeah. Sagan can separate himself from Bennett if it yeah. gets rollier. And if they he put can the just, yes. he can get to the point, points after climbs. Exactly. Yeah. He can get to the points faster. So yeah. if that ends up being the case, then Sagan's going to have it. Quick Step's a strong team, though. I bet that they would <laughs> they would drag Sam Bennett through a couple of those descents to get him back to that group if He's they a big to. boy. He still has to put out the watts to get there. And can those he sustain that so through three weeks and make it happen? Do so you guys think the that there are other people that we should be talking about? You know, the cyclocross crew MVP, Wout Van Art. Wout, Wout may target it green. one year. If Wout targets it, I would not be surprised if he gets it. Both of those guys would the, be fun to watch. Yeah. Mix it up. I mean, I, mean, that I think be fun. it would be very hard to bet against for them. stages. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. MVP could possibly – I would put more money on MVP being the guy than um, Wout yeah. because Wout's going to – He's going to support his team, you know, yeah. so they're not going to put that out there first. And he's not a GC guy at, at the moment. Yeah. I don't know. Absolutely. Just my two cents. Champ mm-hmm. Bailey out. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Champ. Let's jump into some Patreon news. We have a new patron. Excellent. Yeah. A gentleman by the name of Christopher Christopher Ryle, and he um, is our latest and greatest. And I almost forgot, but I just remembered to put his name in the drawing because we're going to do another drawing this week. Oh. Uh- you know, uh, I should say, as I was walking through the crowd before the race yesterday, yeah. somebody went, hey, Hep, love the podcast. Really? Yes. So whoever you were, thank you so much. I have no idea who it was, but <laughs> we've but we've, we've moved something. into California now. Yeah. We have <laughs> sure Southern, from Oregon. Southern Oregon and Northern California hotspot. So I'll put this up right here. You can see it on YouTube. Oh, oh just somebody jumped just, up. Somebody, Is that the one you got to pick? Just that, was out. Probably, that was probably Rob Buck trying to jump out again. Yeah, that was Dove again. <laughs> Dove. All right, Lance, go ahead and pull one out of there. Go I'm deep. Not even, I'm not even looking. You got to actually get in the cup this time. All right, who, who do we got? Perry York. Oh, Perry York. Perry York. Congratulations, Perry York. You are the proud owner of a Sierra Nevada baseball cap. Oh, nice. Yep. Yeah. Thanks, Sierra Nevada. Sweet Thank you, Carlos. Carlos. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thank you, Carlos. <laughs> All right. For anybody else that might be interested in becoming a Patreon as well, we would greatly appreciate that. Um, we've got a bunch of new little goodies that are going to be thrown into that bag here pretty soon, too. So we'll keep doing more drawings. Cool. I'm going to keep doing mm-hmm. them. As long as I got stuff and I got people that are willing to contribute stuff, I want to give it back to the people that are supporting us. So. Oh, yeah. If you're, Absolutely. if you're interested yeah. in getting your name thrown in this hat, this little bucket thing that's growing quite a bit, um, go to dialpodcast.com, click on the Patreon link, and just do your thing. Appreciate that. Yep. Thank you. Cool. All right. I think um, I think that's all the stuff. The minutiae's done. It's out of the way. All right. Good. Let's get into the topic today. Justin Wagner. Justin Wagner is our topic. What's ODZ been up to? <laughs> we're we're coming to the end What's of the <laughs> of the indoor prime season. So what what has been For going sure. on? Yeah, give us an update. What, so what's the latest and greatest with ODZ? Yeah, so the latest and greatest is, you know, obviously things are really bustling during the winter months. And we, can you hear me? Let me just do a feedback. Yeah, yeah we're good. Yep, yep. Okay, okay, good. I go off on the rails and somebody says, oh, your microphone's off again. <laughs> <laughs> Not that that's ever happened. Uh, no, so we, uh, we had a very successful team camp down in uh, Fountain Hills, Arizona, just outside of uh, Phoenix and Scottsdale. And so we had a lot of people preparing for that. And uh, that was a blast. We spent a full week down there. The weather was absolutely fantastic. None of that snow stuff that Lance is talking about. Oh, so, man. you know, um, I did put on a lot of sunscreen because I was afraid that I was going to get burned. But uh, so I, I probably still look just as white as I always do uh, from being on the trainer all the time. 
but uh but it was great and um we're we have actually as of this morning already fully booked our team camp for 2022 i'm not kidding <laughs> what oh my gosh. Wow. 20 28 people booked for team camp 2022 wow wow was there like a wait list or a drawing or how did you guys come up with 28 people was that how did that work uh, out? Because we are looking at logistics of beds and yep. cooking. Well, so you we can have, have multiple houses if you wanted we, to. Oh, so we already get an extra house. That's oh, so yeah, we have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's very much. Lit. So the way we run the camp is interesting. That we want it to be like a community atmosphere, and everyone's really hanging out. So we try to make like one party house. People come, like most people are staying there, and to sure. date, it's always just been one house. With, we found a small like bunk house that's pretty close that we've booked up as well for this next year. Um, but uh, so, so there's a lot of interesting things. We'll talk about the COVID protocol in a second, but uh, we go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say like, since we're already talking about the training camp, that was one of the things that I was most curious about. We, as a team as dialed, um, we decided not to do a training camp this year um, where we like left and went somewhere. We're going to actually do something here later this month locally, but we opted not to go just because of all the, quote unquote, travel restrictions and the, the, the concerns and worries. And we didn't want to be you know responsible for anything spreading from the Pacific Northwest down to Southern California or the Southwest in general. So you guys opted to do it, though. You went down there and I was actually extremely impressed with the way that you guys like went about the whole COVID process. Like you guys had a whole on protocol that you followed. And why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, yeah. So we uh... We got enough, we got a pretty big brain trust of people who, you know, understand all the different health aspects. I'm not a health professional, so I'm not going to profess to be like the man. I can tell you what we all came up with. But basically, um, we made every attendee get tested within a few days before coming to camp. So that's just like any international travel right now. You generally yep. work to Hawaii specifically. You have to test before you go. And then we were just... There's always the risk that somebody's going to pick it up while traveling. So we also purchased and had on hand several quick tests. So as soon as people got to camp, we tested it the first day of camp as well. And then like halfway through the camp. Now, I mean, frankly speaking, if like somebody did test positive halfway through the camp, we would all be in trouble. <laughs> like most people wouldn't be able to fly home. So I'm not sure what we would have done, to be honest. But, you know, the, at the end of the day, there's only so much we can do to protect ourselves. Like somebody could have got it during travel. But the other things we did at camp to make sure we weren't spreading amongst Arizona was that like we didn't like leave the house besides riding our bikes. Like, okay, we bought food. Somebody had to go to the grocery store to buy food and fill up on gas in our cars. But like other than that, it was like no contact with anybody who's not in our bubble. So it was that having that common house really helped us sustain that bubble. Whereas a lot, I think some camps try to do a model where like everyone kind of gets their own housing in the, in the same area and they just get together. And uh, I think that trying to maintain a bubble in that atmosphere would be very, very difficult. But uh, so we were, I mean, we, it worked out for us. Um, I think the reason bookings for next year are so high is because everybody was like, I want to get together with friends. I've been stuck in my house for months, years, like, and hear these people playing in Arizona. Yes, I want in for 2022. So. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so. That's great. So yeah. did you guys have any issues with anything whatsoever? Did everybody make it down there? They were clean and safe and, and healthy and same thing getting home? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and 
I mean, COVID was clean. All the tests, no, no positive COVID tests, no, um, no bike incidents. I think we had one person on a clip on the very last day in the last two miles that like scared us. Yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, no spills, no, uh, no, no major, you know, we didn't leave any skin on the road, thankfully. So yeah. that was all good. How many I people to get, uh, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, how many people attended your camp this year? This year we had a total of 13 people. So okay. with the 28 we have booked for next year, we'll more than double that. And uh, That's awesome. part of the reason it was probably lower to 13 was because we had no international attendees. Pretty much every year we usually have a few people international that come. And with international travel restrictions, it was just they pretty much would have to give up two to four weeks of work. Um, for quarantine, yeah, yeah. it just wasn't worth it. Worth it. So, so of the thirteen people, how many people had already been vaccinated? Uh, about three, four actually. Which oh wow, is a pretty good number. I was waiting for you to say so, zero. <laughs> no, that actually. So we had a few medical professionals, obviously, yeah. kind of first on the line. Sure. Um, but that was actually really good news, and so we used them as much as possible. The scapegoats. <laughs> hey. Go, you're going grocery go shopping. Yeah. Heat, right? You're going grocery shopping. <laughs> we need we need LaCroix. You're going and getting it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Awesome. Exactly. But I cut you off earlier. What were you going to say? I was going to say that uh, so the camp, we planned to have around um, 420 miles on the docket. For that was going to be my question, Justin. Give us the numbers. Yeah. So mine wasn't, uh, I did more than that. It wasn't the most number of miles I've done in a week, but I managed to pull out, uh, 500 miles with, uh, 30,000 feet of climbing in 26 oh, hours of training. Climbing. So, oh, um, wow. Yeah. yeah. Putting down those Richie poor type training numbers, man. That's, that's a lot <laughs> of feet of elevation gain. God. Yeah. You, you know what? Let's put a pin in that for just a second. There's probably a lot of people that are going to listen to this or are listening to it or watching this going, who's this Justin Wagner? Yeah, guy? That's true. And for us, we're like, Oh yeah, this is like the third or fourth time Justin's been on the podcast. We He's know just Justin a guy really who well. trains 26 hours a week. Typically. <laughs> that's all. Yeah. So Justin um, hails yeah. from Salt Lake city or close to Salt Lake city. Is that where you're at now? City, yep. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And is one of the, uh, what would you say? Founding one, members. One of the, yeah, founding members of the ODZ racing team on Zwift. But Justin, tell us a little bit more back, uh, backpedal on you in terms of your personal life and who you are and what you have to do with uh, ODZ and your racing. Yeah, so uh, so I'm born and raised actually from Spokane, Washington. And that's why I crossed paths with uh, Lance and Jake yep. to start with. It's Seattle to Portland. Yep. When... When Jake recruited a ringer halfway through Seattle to Portland to give him a pull in the second half to try to get the win, I mean, yeah, I did. So maybe I met come them in on and that ride. take some pulls at the last half. Who is this guy? <laughs> I still remember Justin. Like, oh my God, who is this guy? Where'd he come from? Why is he pulling so hard? Oh, you recruited nice. a ringer halfway through. That's awesome. I volunteered. He didn't. He didn't ask me. Actually, just, even worse, he didn't ask me. I just showed up. He and did. did it. He knew what was going on in Medicine Longview. So, so that yeah. Fun. So that's that's where I met these guys. That's where the the bromance of that started. And uh, so I was not been into cycling my whole life. I after grad school, I had gotten up to two hundred and fifty five pounds. My wife started subliminally watching Biggest Loser to send a message to me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, not too long later, I started commuting, and then I got into bike racing, et cetera. So, that's, so I really kind of started racing in 2014, 2015. I'm, 
I've lost 70-ish pounds. I'm down to 185 now. And uh, wow. I've gotten all the way up to Cat 2 in the road racing rankings. And uh, I in 2017, I was the Cat 3 Washington State Road Racing Champion from a 30-mile breakaway. So that's my claim of fame. Nice. And um, I've uh, been included with Zwift and with ODZ since pretty much the beginning of ODZ. And we've just pretty much made a very fun online community for people who are training online. Uh, we're all very nerdy, so we accept nerds of all kinds. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we hang out, we live stream. If you, if you want to check out any of our content, so we live stream daily. Like, uh, I think we were hitting an average of three to four hours a day. I'm not kidding. Of live oh my stream content. So where would somebody go uh, to watch so, on the YouTube? Yeah. So search for so team ODZ. We're on YouTube, we're on Twitch, and we're on Facebook. So Team ODZ Live, or just Team ODZ, and you'll find us. So um, probably most active live streaming platform is Twitch. Uh, Matt, you need to get on your game, man. So, I want to see three to four hours a day of Matt Legrand <laughs> YouTube content. Yeah. Okay. Just it content. is not me doing three to four hours of content a day. We have a large network of all the ODZ folks who will put on their race or their training session or just hanging out. So there's, I can't even count. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't be shocked if we had 10 streamers who can all stream from their PC when they're writing so that we kind of coordinate things. So it's, it's awesome. And we hang out and harass each other all day long. I mean, we work. All day long. <laughs> <laughs> so ODC has been around for what, about four, five years now? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, and, uh, so actually, this next year will be our fifth annual team camp, actually. Wow. So, That's excellent. Now, this is going to blow people's minds. It's probably going to blow my mind how much it's grown since then. How many people are a part of ODZ? Well, it's so this is always a hard question to ask because there's so many levels of what, how are you a member of ODZ? Like, there's so many different ways people engage. There's probably yeah. people who show up to our rides. But just showing up to a ride on Zwift doesn't necessarily mean you're a member or even being a member of our Facebook group and hanging out in there. Like, like I think our Facebook group is probably the most impressive number. And it's, I mean, I'll grant it a lot of these people probably aren't active, but we have close to 3,000 in our Facebook group. And, uh, wow. and that, I, honestly, that number hasn't grown a lot since I think I told Jake the last time. But, uh, we've been it's really still an impressive this, number, like, though. I mean, community. Yeah, the fact yeah, that you yeah. guys are engaging people to get on their bikes and ride indoors through, you know, the crappy times of the year and keeping them engaged and having fun, that is, that's worth its weight in gold to me. I mean, I, th I think that that's a fantastic yeah. thing. And I'm sure there's plenty of people that have come out of that and said, you know what, I feel pretty fit. I'm going to go ride outside or I'm pretty fit now. I'm going to go try a bike race. And that's a, a nice little gateway drug for a lot of folks that are in the cycling world. Love it, Justin. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is totally our mantra. So you'll notice I'm wearing the ODZ, the USA Cycling cap. So we are very much a proponent of, you know, we do like riding and racing online. That's fun. But, you know, the end goal is we all really like going outside. I'd say there's several groups maybe who are just purely focused on virtual. But we really what? want to try to... Help people what countries are you home. big in, Justin? Are we we got a question from from our very own Tonk uh, asking yes, asking sorry, if you have a pretty big presence in Russia. Russia. <laughs> uh, obviously, the U.S. We're the biggest in the U.S. Uh, that's, that's but uh, I will say we do have somebody from the Netherlands coming to camp next year. Physical presence wow, traveling wow. from the Netherlands for team camp. 
Uh, we've had some people travel from the UK and from Scotland for team camp. So uh, obviously there's more members. If those are the people traveling physically to come to team camp, there's more people just hanging out or a part of it, just joining virtually. But uh, yeah. Very cool. So was the Netherlands draw, was it just the orange of the ODZ? Is that the whole Dutch thing? ODZ are like natural like connection there. I'll, I'll have to ask I'll have to ask Ufe. Ufe's his name. Oh, hey. he, uh, he likes to ride the he likes to ride the wagon with me uh, on Thursdays, the yeah. three hour long endurance ride. But yeah. Nice. Now you talked about USA cycling. Do you guys have some ties with them now or they have they reached out to you, you guys doing stuff with them in conjunction with them? Because I've seen some stuff ride titles on Zwift that you've done in recent yeah. times. <laughs> yeah, so when USA Cycling's been rebranding themselves a bit and trying to stay as prevalent as possible and they were looking out they were looking for partners to basically co-promote their Zwift presence and so we said, "Hey, you know, we we want people to be involved with USA Cycling. We think it's a great thing. Obviously, we have presence outside the US as well, but we wanted so we said, "Hey, look, we've got some rides we're already doing. We'd be more than happy to uh, have you guys come on as a quote-unquote title sponsor and uh you know help promote usa cycling and at the same time so that is fantastic forward thinking i wish that all no organizations kidding. would take a page out of that note yes <laughs> well done justin <laughs> so uh, i will say that there it's not an, um, like i'm not getting rich or receiving anything <laughs> of that sponsorship let's be honest but it's a it's a co-promotion thing right we Excellent. promote them yeah we and we it's it's exactly how it works it's so. good for both brands so mm -hmm. so when you're doing rides just like your wagner's wagon or the plethora of other rides how many people generally show up to those on average i know that it's gonna ebb and flow but what are you looking at numbers wise yeah i mean we've had we'll have rides easily in the up to 200 during the week. Oh, geez. Wagner's wagons longer and not many people show up to those. I mean, yeah. I'll get 10 people who will finish a three hour wagon sometimes, and that's a big day. Yeah. The, um, the I'll problem get 50 is 50 ish people who start. The Wagner's wagon ride starts at like four in the morning or uh -huh. something. <laughs> My <laughs> time is on 4 a.m. It's 3 a.m. Your time zone. Oh, yes. I'm yeah. just waking up when he's finishing. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's nuts. Well, now, that started because I wanted to get a lot of hours in before work. And, right. And so go. I had started at 4 a.m. West Coast, and then I moved to uh, Salt Lake, and so it went an hour earlier. Yeah. Oof. Ouch. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, you guys also do the Divas. That's your, your women's component there, correct? Yes. Tell yeah, us a little yeah, bit about that. You got the, uh, yeah, so uh, we are very strong proponents of the women's side of things. In fact, they've been making a pretty big push with uh, getting their racing team together recently. Um, seen some good numbers there. Um, I don't know. I'm sure I'm going to do them a disservice in promoting how amazing they are because that's just guys we always fail. So, I mean, just take that granted that I'm going to do a bad job here. But, uh, no, we were, we're really proud of them, everything they do. You can see we try to co promote the multiple colors. So, we have like the women's kit here is we do like the pink and white with the black. And then sure. the men's, we have the, the blue and orange. And uh, so, no, we're, we're really proud of them. We try to, we try to encourage them just as much because uh, it takes some concerted effort to, you know, women are always scared. Are these just all a bunch of guys? <laughs> Probably. We yeah. might need to steer you to where the women are. So, How many people are showing up to actual road racing or any kind of racing for that matter in an ODZ kit? In Is that ODZ a prevalent kit? thing? So Do you guys actually have like a, an I organized say, outdoor team as well? So yeah. So in Spokane, Washington, where I moved from, 
there is an organized in real life club. Um, and I want to say they've got close to 10 to 15 people active in the club. Maybe a handful of those are racing. So we've got, you know, five or more um, racing under the easy colors at a Spokane. Nice. Um, we have yet to launch a Spokane ver- or a Salt Lake version. I've been racing with another team here locally. So, you know, there's I'm a doing my brand of service. <laughs> there's a there's a former dialed rider now in Spokane. If oh, well, what, what's his name? Does anybody remember his name? I'm joking. <laughs> I think so. Like Jesse Tonkinson, I think. Tonkinson? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a halfway decent climber. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. A couple hours less Ooh. on the bike per week now. I think he's got a small human being he's got to take care of now. And but he's in medical school. school. That and, might take some time. And learning to be a doctor. <laughs> that too. I think both of those are taking up a little bit of time. Ooh. But I'm pretty sure he can Ouch. move uphill pretty yeah. quick still. Yeah. <laughs> we love Jesse. Yeah. I have him. If you're interested, Jesse, check out Team ODZ Spokane. We'd be loved it. <laughs> if you want to connect, if you want to connect with the community, yes. Mm-hmm. There you go. Cool. Awesome. Um, let's let's kick it on to uh, another couple questions that we got for Justin here. Um, what's going on with Zwift? Anything new? Anything great? Uh, do you have any like inside information? Anything oh, new coming down question. the pipeline? I mean, we all okay, have well, been so. using it pretty heavily, so I'm kind of curious to know what do you know. So I'm not on the inside of anything other than I just uh, I pay attention pretty close to what's going on. Oh, you've got I the bat line into the, the biggest headquarters there, don't you? I mean, you can pick up the phone and call those guys, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, don't don't get me started. I do get a bit jaded when it comes to Zwift as a company, but uh Uh-oh. um so yeah, we won't, we won't dive into those rails, but I will say I think their main focus right now is actually on the hardware. I think they're trying to ship three hardware products is the latest news we have from dc rainmaker so we think they're going for like a budget level trainer a smart trainer and a full-on bike yeah and i can say from personal experience that i'm pretty sure they've pulled every resource possible from all other efforts to make this possible i.e their customer support sucked right now (laughs) oh no (laughs) sorry did i have that come up (laughs) Um, not that it was ever good uh let's just put it that way to be honest but uh so that's what they're putting their that's what they're putting their cards uh right now is that a right move for them or not i can say that there are a lot of event promoters who are actually moving their stuff to road grand tours so if you guys haven't seen any of the motion of road grand tours you'll notice that usa cycling is actually getting behind road grand tours and a lot of people will know them as rgt correct Mm -hmm. RGT or Road Grand Tours, yeah. So that was on my list so, of things to talk to you about today. We'll get into that more. Yeah, yeah. I think I I think that is a great thing because honestly, at times I feel like Zwift is just milk and a cow that they created, and they have no competition, and they decide to not really innovate because they forced them. And this is good. Hold them to the fire. No so. competition. What about Rovi? <laughs> Sorry. There's a lot of other amazing platforms. <laughs> None with the, the market penetration. I mean, well, let's be honest. Swift is just trying to be Peloton because Peloton could squish Swift in a minute if they decide to. Sure. I mean, numbers-wise and revenue. They yeah, just exploded. Peloton, Peloton exploded yeah. during the pandemic. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah, friends don't yeah. let friends ride on Peloton, though, right? <laughs> You're telling me you know, that most people don't a- race bikes who ride bikes indoors? That is shocking. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, I actually recommended a Peloton to my mother-in-law. It was the right thing for yeah. her. I said, you know what? 
Like honestly, to ninety five percent of people, I can't believe asking. I'm saying this. I can't yeah. believe I'm saying this, but yeah, for you, I think that actually would be the right move. Like, sure, it's going to cost you more. But... So, what is so. RGT? Explain how that works. So, RGT is just they are a different platform, and one of the biggest differentiators that they're pushing is that writer position is calculated on the server and not on the client and you're asking me why on earth does that matter have you ever watched a high level zwift race where the announcers go so and so won no wait never mind the results came in the other person won wait, no the other results came in and uh let's review <laughs> the tapes all the computers say different things about who won because what's happening is the server is just distributing the information about where people, how to calculate the physics, to every different client and every client computers independently deciding where each writer should be in the world. So your notion of what you see on your computer is not necessarily identical to what people on the other side see. I mean, to some levels of precision. So when you get down to a sprint race where you have like, you know, inches, yeah, like, this like there's been high level times. I'm surprised the virtual tour of France didn't have massive snafus where they were like, and so so no no and uh, mm, the results are like so yeah they didn't zoom in to sprint finishes on purpose because you might see something and then actual results come out and show you something different. So uh, <laughs> that's kind of a uh, big. So you're saying all those times that Nate Scott pipped me at the line with those massive watt bombs, I, it's all fake and I actually won, right? <laughs> yes, right. It's, fake right. News. it's all fake news, yes. There you go. And, and, hey, yeah. I won the sprint this last week. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you want me to say, keep sending the money, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to RGT, are you not able to – I think you're able to actually create your own like ride routes based on the GPS – information that you upload to it so that correct that's kind and of i haven't played much with that to be honest but yeah. i have seen uh guys in our club are actually putting together routes from where we did team camp so to kind of promote that a little bit like some of our best like, best best of rides so you can yeah. go check out on rgt yeah uh jerry delport from your team posted a ride over this past weekend and i actually asked him about it. i'm like hey how was it he's like actually it's pretty cool he's like the, the avatars aren't quite up to snuff though they're not the same as zwift but he said it's got some promise maybe or some potential i don't know yeah, sounds, yeah sounds kind I, of... I, for sure there's a lot of people are starting to get behind it jerry's by the way is an awesome guy he's one of our mm -hmm. huge streamers and uh we just we love jerry to death so yeah he's a great guy he's been uh Big show supporter for a while, and we—I think we have you to thank for that. He uh, was turned on to the the podcast by by Justin's appearances yeah. on here, so very cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, RGT. I know that some of the local folks here are starting to put it on. As a matter of fact, um, one of our teammates, who is actually the president of the Vancouver Bicycle Club, has been putting on some RGT rides, and he's sending out invites. And I just haven't had a chance to make it because he does it. I think it's on Wednesday nights and or Wednesday or Thursday nights, but the time that he puts it out, I just can't make it because of family stuff, and I just can't start at that sure. time. But I've been wanting to check it out. But it looked like he created some local routes here from, like rides that we've all done before. Yes. I'm like, hey, that's mm -hmm. kind of neat. There, there's something to that. And the the David fact that, Barna, correct? David Barna, correct. Yeah. And the fact that you can go out there and create these is, I think, it's kind of neat. I think that that could be kind of fun for some race prep too. 
I mean, if you think about being able to sure. load up, say, like, we've got a big race here that's supposedly still on the calendar for this year, but if you want to go out and start practicing the Kings Valley Road Race, mm-hmm. load that in there, and you can start to see it, feel it, and understand what it's going to be and start to prepare. I think there's an advantage there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the things I want to mention there, this just comes from – I'm an Uber nerd, so I'm just going to admit it straight up. There's The way RGT has decided to have the game run on devices is a little bit – strange in my opinion so you have to have their game running on a mobile device and then mobile device has to pair to something for the screen so you have to have two devices like windows computer and phone and like the actual game engine runs on the phone and then the windows pc is actually just like the screen for the phone so that's kind of annoying if you're used to just having like one device that like runs Swift like on an Apple yeah. TV or something. Um, so I I sure hope they realize that that's going to be awkward for mass market penetration yeah. and that they need to do something about that. Are they still but, in the beta uh, phase? Today. I mean, Gmail's still in beta, guys. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> is RGT still I wouldn't know that. <laughs> is, R- is RGT still in beta? Is that still a beta process for them? No, I, I guess what I'm saying is Every software is in beta because it's it's always being evolved. What I'm trying That's to true. say, that, yeah. Uh, so, but <laughs> except for Zwift, Zwift is perfect, right? <laughs> There's no False. fee for. <laughs> is there no fee for RGT right now? Isn't that how that's set up? There's a they free. Have, there's a have free a, and a premium. premium model. Yeah. Yeah, premium model, so you can get for free and some stuff for free and some stuff you got to pay for. Gotcha. Hey Matt, you, you kind of know a little bit about software. Do you want to chime in on this? You got any thoughts well, on this whole RGT? I was actually going to pick Spring because I was curious, like, why you think that they have that requirement of multiple screens? Like, I can't think of any technical limitations off the top of my head. <laughs> I think it that was would probably a platform that. decision early on that they haven't decided to revamp something in their game platform. They haven't decided to move it off of ARM. Maybe, maybe they're they haven't put their actual. Uh, game right but still even, yeah but even if it's still on arm they would be able to display it on mobile devices you would think yeah so I, I, I don't know there i i just feel like it maybe it's it's a growing pain thing and they just haven't decided to top down the investment to make it a little bit more polished because it hasn't been a major uh roadblock yet so. yeah and on the zwift side i think i can see why you know, cycling location would make more sense to have that client side. Like there are huge performance benefits to doing it the way that they do it. And then you see like that they start throwing in events after the fact and they've got to figure out how to do it because they're not going to just, it's not quick and easy for them to change that location of cycling metrics and have that be server side, even though that's going to be the eventual solution. You know, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, so one of the interesting pieces on this you guys are probably familiar with the website liftpower.com. Yes. Yeah. You have raced on yeah. Zwift or aware of that. So that was not started by Zwift. It was started by the community. And the way they started getting results was they had to actually have several Zwift game machines running with somebody sitting in the world physically watching all the different finish points in the game. So they had like this room of computers that were just running constantly watching where people's locations were and reporting to the server so that they had like a ground truth of like 
who crossed the line when because Zwift didn't tell them any of this. So they had to launch a huge network of machines to like constantly log position of where people were. So it's oh my gosh, who's got time for that? Exactly. (laughs) Oh, I think that's just, I mean, I love the fact that you can go on there and race, but I think that just the fact that it's not a hundred percent spot on and then you've got the ability for people to kind of manipulate data that's being input into it i don't know that's just for me that that's just kind of a little bit of a turnoff yeah. but it, it, it it's still it's, something that you're not going to get from you know just going on there and writing by yourself yeah certainly you don't want to get your heart too wrapped up in the results because you do, everyone the common thing we joke about, somebody gets done with the race and they spend like the next 15 minutes complaining about how all the other people could have possibly had legitimate setups and how they were actually the winner. I mean, like, like this happens every single time. So it's like, you know what, go in there, enjoy the live race, but don't get caught up in the results. Cause like, I mean, I could make a category that I could win every time if I wanted to, like, I'm the only dad of five in Salt Lake at 4 a.m. who won this race. (laughs) There you go. I mean, so, but yeah, enjoy enjoy the experience, have a blast racing it, but at the end of the day, like, I have, I've kind of come to the point where it's like, obviously, I could make decisions to try to, like, race sports professionally if I wanted to, but I have a day job, and spoiler alert, my day job pays better than Zwift racing at the moment. (laughs) No way. (laughs) Yeah, it does. It does, in fact. Um, so you're not working your sponsorships correctly, there, Justin. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, apparently not. So, so this, so. So this is why Phil in, Guyman, ten dollars a day, you'd have to get pretty far. Right. <laughs> I think Swift pays less than ten dollars a day too. You could you come out with Phil Guyman's second book, six dollars a day pro cycling. <laughs> <laughs> Swift <laughs> cycling on six dollars <laughs> cents a day. Yeah, on, on ten dollars a month. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Justin, let, let's change gears a little bit. Tell us a little bit about how the race scene is looking in Utah right now. I just want to kind of compare and contrast that to where we're at here in the Pacific Northwest and um, see kind of what your thoughts are and where, what you guys are looking forward to this season. Yeah, so I'd say it's it's pretty strong, honestly. I'd say the majority of events that are typically on are scheduled for 2021. There's a uh, true grit happening in St. George in the next week or two. I bet you... Bitch of Lance has heard of that one. I have. Um, I actually I pre-rode most of the gravel section and pre-rode most of the mountain bike section without realizing I was pre-riding it. <laughs> I was down there or for Super Bowl, yeah. Yeah, so that one's coming up. Uh, we've got a, um, you know, there's a group out of St. George that does a lot of fondos. They've got one in Mesquite, Nevada. Just consider the... Um, Salt Lake, Utah racing area. So there's a fun there on the 20th. There's a road race just south of Provo on the 27th. Uh, we've got a couple events in April that I'm aware of in road scene. So, so I'd say, I mean, a couple of months is not bad. Like that's pretty good. Yeah. So. What do the starts look like? Are they limiting the field sizes? Are they requiring certain protocol? So, yes, I believe. And the biggest place where you see that pinch on starts is in the lower categories where they may have multiple starts of like the novice category uh-huh. just so that field sizes don't get out of control that's been the biggest change like i don't think you'll really see pro one two level hit the um you know caps of those like 35 or 50 like we don't normally have that 
big of a Pro 1-2 field. Um, so, I mean, even Lodage didn't have that big of a field. Okay. So, Lodage is a 200-mile staple race here in Utah that happens every September, for those who aren't aware. Yeah, that one hurts a little bit, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, how would you... It's a little bit. Yeah. Lance, what are we looking at for field sizes here right now? We really don't even have much on the calendar. We don't have a lot on the calendar. Right now, our field sizes in the Oregon area are at 30 or 35 uh -huh. for field sizes. This gravel race, the field sizes were set at 50, uh -huh. so we went off in waves of 50. Um, the races I did last fall in, uh, in Salt Lake area in Utah, they were all set at 30. And that was in the thick of it. Yeah, that was in the thick of it. So Utah's um, restrictions have relaxed a bit more than they have here in, in Washington and Oregon. Okay. Yeah. So what about WSBA? They've got some races on the calendar that are coming up somewhat soon. They um, do. What, what there, kind of limitations are they putting there's on? There's two road races that are on the calendar on the WSB uh, calendar. Their fields are at 30. Gotcha. Yeah. For right now, there's a chance, though, that things could relax a little bit more because things have been relaxing. Yeah. So if they relax a bit more, they're they're taking wait lists for the fields that have already filled, and you'll get into the race if uh, you're on the wait list. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So that's how those are working. What's your take on racing right now? Are you looking forward to it, Justin? Are you a little bit nervous to get out there? Or where are you at? Uh, well, I went out and did an unofficial paper plate race on Saturday. So was that West <laughs> Mountain? Did I see you? Did you race yeah. around West Mountain? That is a phenomenal. Yeah, so there's ride. typically there's a typically a race that we'll do. Sometimes it's like before loaded. It's a maybe it's a 25 mile flat-ish loop around West Mountain, just south of Provo. And last weekend, a lot of the um, Pro One Two guys basically kind of started our back level backdoor communications like hey we're gonna go smash around west mountain and do a little unofficial race and so we had you know 10 or so guys show up who wanted to basically beat ourselves to death and so we did and uh you know there was some tailwinds and we took some koms yeah baby yeah <laughs> <laughs> awesome but uh so i'm, I'm all for it. i'm excited um that was, was thrilled on saturday I rode that loop uh, over Thanksgiving, and um, and and I I had a tailwind too. I'm I'm by myself, and I'm like, man, I'm smashing this. And then I get done and upload my ride, and I'm like, oh, there's a race around this loop, and they completely crushed <laughs> yes. all my times. I wasn't even close. It was funny. Nice. Quinn Simmons showed up to that race last year, actually. Oh, you're kidding. Wow. Nope, serious. Brian Hoops is a guy from uh, Provo Orem area. I think he works for Bucked Up, or um, Brian or Dan, 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 Dan Hoops. Yeah, his wife's name is Brianna. That's why I screwed that up. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've I've uh, I've raced with those guys uh, several times, and they're pretty good hitters. I yeah, saw so that he, they... was, he was in the mix. He was there with us. Yep. Yeah, it's a pretty cool guy. Matt, Evan, and Lance, do you guys have any questions for Justin? I've been kind of like blabbering on. Sorry. <laughs> what What are you? Do you have a race that you're kind of focusing on this year, or I mean, what's kind of your plan there? Yeah, great question. And it's tricky with COVID because like you don't really know what's going to hit the calendar. And then to pair that with the only times where I've like been dead set focused on like a race, something happens and the yep. race doesn't happen. And it's like, why did I just plan like? Like last year I was like, dude, I'm going to like train all winter, like my TT position, like, like I'm going to be ready. So I'm going to come out and I wanted to win the state TT championship. 
which they didn't even hold the state TT championships. Of all right. the race they could have, they didn't have that one. It was like, hey, that was a waste. Wow. But uh, so <laughs> honestly, I mainly just like, hey, I wanted to get up to shape to be able to hit some of this early season, May, April, May, oh, no, no, March, April, May. I don't even know the order of my months. This and uh, and then I'm I haven't decided yet if I'm going to commit to Lodija. My team usually puts in a pretty good contingent for Lodija, and that's in September. And it usually requires a uh, kind of a go back to base phase and ramp back up, so you have enough base for a 200 mile race. But uh, so so that's a long way of not giving away any of my cards, any of the races <laughs> I'm doing. Right, I see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Anything else, guys? Matt, Evan, Justin, do you have any questions for us? I'll leave that on the table too. Well, uh, I just have to say, do you recognize? Let's see, do you recognize this, Jake? What? Is my video showing? I hope it is. You know what's funny is your video just froze. That's it hilarious. Keeps oh my gosh! <laughs> just keep it on; it'll oh. come back around. Oh, there it is. There hey. Oh, I recognize yes. that. Look at that BMC uh, t time machine there. Time machine road. Yes. Yes. Wow, I like the blue. That's a very, very cool color Custom painted Wagner's yeah. wagon details to that, correct? Yeah. Got your tall chest. Wagner's wagon down here. <laughs> and it has wags on the back of the seat post. The wags is so that uh, Lance knows who's pulling away from him when I. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I'm only good for about 60 miles anyway, so everybody's pulling away from me at that point. That's fantastic. How are you liking the ride, Justin? How do you like that in comparison to the uh, felt that you were riding? Or are you riding a Garneau, too, or something like oh, that? Oh, I actually came from a Garneau. Yeah. This one specifically, I came from a Garneau. Uh, I'm really happy with it, honestly. Um, now, there's it's, it's really hard to compare apples to apples because not only was it like – to the vendor change on the frame, but also I went through axle and disc brakes and I went all the way up to some envy wheels. So like those are some pretty solid uh ride feel differences from where uh -huh. I was at. Yeah. So yeah. But uh other than we did have a snafu with the fork, but uh Jake and BMC did definitely uh, step up to the plate and get that replaced for me. Yeah. So we won't um, we won't mention how that, that fork had had issues, but <laughs> <laughs> They're People. not sponsoring. We can say what we want, right? They're not paying for what we say. So. No, they, they graciously stepped up and took care of you. Yeah. Yes. So cool. No, I've been, I've been very happy with it. Cool. So. All right. Let's jump into one last thing. Run around the table here. Um, Matt, do you want to start first? Yeah, sure. I always have a video. I posted one this morning uh, talking about the Garmin Enduro watch, which is a uh, kind of Garmin's brand new watch. They just released it last week. And uh, it can go for longer than Justin can go. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like 60 hours. 70, 70 hours plus. If it gets any sun, it can get like 80 hours. Um, wow. Continuous GPS usage. So it's uh, it's really designed for like ultra runner, but like ultra runners that are running like 200 miles and they're slow. Like it's just designed to go forever. Um, it's a, a pretty f cool watch. It's, they've chopped a lot of stuff out of it. So, um, you know, just go over all the details on that stuff, the video and 
uh, make a fool of myself at the beginning of the video. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna hold on, hold on. Go oh, for the watch review, me. but stay for the intro. Oh or yeah. Cap, or <laughs> Cap, is it not Captain? It's like Private Redbeard. Is that the it? Watch, the watch the sucks. Beard. The video is the best <laughs> part of it by far. The the, the intro is hilarious. The <laughs> intro was fantastic, <laughs> yeah. Matt. I know that you're uh, you're always gonna you know say that oh it was whatever I kind of put myself out there whatever. I love that. I oh, love it when Matt shows his personality on there. And it's hilarious and it was it was really well done. Right. It's private. More it's private goofy, Redbeard for the more record. More of a goofy <laughs> intro than usual. We'll say that. Yeah, that was excellent. How long did the face paint take, Matt? Did you? (laughs) Did you? Uh, Did you try to? Very quick to put on, a lot longer to take off. That was gonna be my guess. Yeah, (laughs) I was like, Matt, Matt really committed to this video. (laughs) I also like the part too. It made me laugh too. He's like, here's uh, here's the watch on my my manly arms. Oh yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then he goes, and my wife, and like he just went through all his kids. His last one was up there with Dash's arm. Dash's arm was a massive watch on there. I'm like, that's hilarious. I love that. Yeah. The watch weighs about as much as Dash does, I think. Yeah. It's, yeah, cool. roughly twice his weight. So, okay. So, I didn't mean to, to catch you off. I just needed play to the watch. kind of chime <laughs> in on that. Anything else, Matt? Yeah. yeah. Check out the channel. Yep. Very it's cool. Fun, fun where, times. Where can we see that? YouTube.com. By the way. Yeah. There you <laughs> What's go. that? 70, 70 hours plus, Justin. <laughs> Be fine. Is that like without um, sleep, riding straight? Can I correct. fuel yeah. with any food or what? Uh, you have to sleep while cycling. <laughs> Race across America Done. style. There you go. Done. YouTube.com forward slash M Legrand. M Legrand. Yep. Yes. That's go right. check it out. You got it. And subscribe. Smash that, that subscribe and like button. Do that YouTube stuff, right? Smash. Not the bell, though. Do not hit the bell. <laughs> the bell's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> the bell makes you stronger, Evan. Oh, my God. I can't that's, take the bell. That's the only reason why we have people watching us live right now is because, because of the bell. the bell. No, let's yeah. get the bell out of here. YouTube needs to stop the bell. <laughs> Evan, one last thing. Besides, uh, no more bells. This upcoming Saturday, we are going to start around at the lab around 9 a.m., I believe. There is some rain in the forecast. I will probably be out there regardless, but we are going to ride up and down Washington Larch, and then we will come back, and I will continue riding out in Washougal, but anybody who just wants to do that part of the ride, just from here up and down Washington Larch and back on Saturday. Should be fun. You on guys are gonna throw down. You're not just riding is. up that. You're gonna throw down on that. We're gonna try and throw it. If the weather's bad, I'm still throwing down on it. It doesn't matter if if it's raining. I still I still like our odds even. So we'll we'll go after it all the way up. Yep. I think uh I think Tonkinson is listening right now on uh the the live stream and <laughs> yep. he's been chiming in a little bit. Who has a faster time up large? You or Tonk right now? Right now I do. Um, oh, you do. Tonks, Tonks <laughs> attempt. So I'm second on the list behind uh, Steve, Steph McFarland, I think. It's uh, the, the Pacific automa- uh, automation guy. Yeah, yeah and this is yep. this is going so so me and Guy Van are going to get this back for dialed and and for Tonk. This is me me Guy Van and Tonk's just favorite climb, I would say in general. The one that we've gone back and forth on now for God over a year, I think. So it uh yeah, no, Tonk. I, I was thinking the same thing. Tonk, Tonk just said not to do the descent wet. Yeah, if it's if it's gonna be a, a really wet descent, we are we are riding the brakes on the way down. I'm not gonna try and take the top take to easy, bottom yeah. descent. Yeah, but if it's dry, we'll go after it. So uh, the rain right now is like 30, 40 percent chance on the way up. I mean, yeah, it'll affect a little bit, but nothing that you know, not enough of an excuse to not go after it. So we'll see. One of these days, we like to go under 20 minutes. I know Tonk had said that a while ago, that that's kind of the goal is to go under 20 minutes on that climb. What's the number right now? Oh God, I think it's like 22 flat, I think is what Steph went. I think it's something around gotcha. there. So yeah, we'll, we'll aim for 21 low this time around. Good luck. I'll be out there. 
uh, barring any it'll be fun vestibular yeah. activities yeah, i was gonna <laughs> say it's got to be riding the e-bike with a stabilizer on it yeah. <laughs> hey justin one last thing for me bud my one last thing is uh stay safe folks drink up your uh Gryffindor holy water. <laughs> keep, keep, keep the colds at bay. Apparently, yeah. it didn't work for me because I've been drinking and I have a cold. So pay attention, <laughs> don't pay attention to the facts. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I'm going to race my bike again this weekend, so I can't help you out with Larch. Oh, you're uh, killing me, Lance. There's a mountain bike race up in the Seattle area, and I'm going to go mix it up again. Nice. So, nice. Yeah. So. Any teammates going with you to that one? I'm not sure. This one is uh, right in between Tacoma and Seattle in a, in Maple Valley area at a okay. place called Henry's Ridge. Or Henry, yeah, Henry's Ridge is the trail system that the the race is at. So mountain bike race. It'll be on single track. It'll be roughly an hour and a half long race. So good. We'll go mix it up. Awesome. My one last thing is, um, like Matt, we have a well. We don't have a video out yet, but it will be out. It's almost done. Like in between uh, vestibular puking sessions this past weekend, <laughs> I was sitting at the computer doing some editing. Hey, Matt, I'm going to have to talk to you. Do you have problems with your Adobe Premiere crashing on you for any reason? Uh, I have in the past. Uh, I don't typically have it crash on me. At current, I've been so, having some which... issues on the last couple of videos where it will it'll crash and I'm even having problems like um, reloading the autosaves. Maybe this is a conversation for offline here, but uh, yeah, yeah, let's. I would have probably. A lot of been people d- want to hear this, Jake. Yeah, I would have been done with it by now if it didn't crash on me 47 times. So yeah, oh. it, it wasn't maybe that many times, but it was a lot. I mean, if you go look at the crash reports, keep box trucks away from your W Premiere. It doesn't crash. Okay. <laughs> there you go. But uh, Lance and I put together a little uh, review on the BMC Oars gravel bike, which um, I think it's turning out pretty cool. I'm, I'm liking it. And so. now there's a w- race win on that bike. There is. <laughs> yeah, not, not from this guy, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, we hope to have that out um, probably Tuesday. So when this comes out on the uh, the old airwaves for the audio version of the podcast, it should be up by then. So go check that out at youtube.com forward slash dialed cycling. Excellent. Cool. Anything else, folks? No? Bueller? 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 Love it. We are going to check out. We will see you all next week for another Dial Podcast. Thanks for listening and watching on the old YouTubes. And we'll see you then. Bye for now. Bye for now.